Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So I sent a study um, the other day and uh, by listeners and by email. And I looked at it and very interested. Study is uh, COVID-19 lockdown costs benefits, a critical assessment of the literature. And the author of the study is Professor Douglas Allen, Professor of Economics at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia. Professor Allen, thank you for coming on the program. How are you? My pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm okay. Uh, I, I'm just looking at the very beginning of your, uh, of, your of, of what you wrote at the, uh, the intro. I see these words. Examination of more than 100 lockdowns our lockdown effects, shows that often the benefits of locking down were overestimated while the costs were underestimated. Most recent research shows lockdowns had, at best, a marginal impact on the number of COVID-19 deaths. So talk to us about that, please. And was it a surprise? Was there an expectation going in? Um, all right. Uh, so I can remember when, uh, back in March of 2020, driving home and hearing that we were going to lockdown for two weeks uh, to bend the curve. And I remember the thought that I had that, you know, this must be something like smallpox. Uh, it must be so deadly to justify such a such an action. But very quickly, within about three or four weeks, when we got the first mortality data, we realized that uh, COVID was had a natural mortality, that it was basically killing old people who are already sick. And that's when I started investigating the epidemiological models and the various cost-benefit studies that had come out in the early days to justify lockdown. And I found that they made four fundamental errors or assumptions that are just blatantly false that led to a massive overestimate of the benefits of lockdown and an underestimate of the costs. And uh, just very quickly what those four things are, um, the parameter values that they used to estimate their, their models were just way overestimated. They assumed that 100% of the population was vulnerable. The infection fatality rate and the reproduction numbers, which are key parameters, uh, were overestimated. The most important mistake that these models made is in economics, we would call them zombie models because these models assume that people don't react to the virus threat that's around them. And uh, as a result, they tend to uh, explode. The virus enters a population and just continues to explode because people are ignoring the fact that the virus is around. Um, the models overestimate the value of uh, human life and they way underestimate the costs uh, of death of, of lockdown by only looking at the GDP costs, not all the other consequences that lockdown have. Yeah, I looked at this particular sentence that you wrote, the most reasonable estimates of lockdowns suggest that lockdown is a great policy disaster. And then moving on to the next point that I circled, no governments conducted cost-benefit analyses of lockdowns they enforced. That seems just off the page ridiculous. So, yeah, in terms of the policy disaster, I've, I've tried to come up with anything else that comes close and nothing comes close in terms of the cost-benefit ratio. So, one of the things I do in this paper is I is I is I use a little uh, a technique to estimate a cost benefit ratio, and yeah, I, I get a cost benefit ratio of about 140. So the costs are about 140 times the benefits. If you think of the fast ferry fiasco in British Columbia 20 years ago that brought down the NDP government, that had a cost benefit ratio of about three. Uh, so I, that sort of puts it in perspective. In terms of of cost benefit studies. 
Uh, there are no published cost-benefit studies done by any government that I can find. They may or may not have done them, but uh, uh, I, I find it hard to believe that they're unaware of, of, of the actual cost. Does anybody ever say, uh, look, you can't measure it in these terms because it's a pandemic and people are dying and it's a, it's a virus that's spreading very rapidly and it's, uh, it's mutating, it's coming up with its own uh, revisions to continue to survive. Does anyone challenge you on that and say we shouldn't be doing this? Um, well, uh, just to break that down a little bit, I mean, we can sort of understand why in March of 2020, when faced with these sort of apocalyptic predictions. So, you know, the Imperial College of London model, which so much of the policy was based on, it predicted that Canada was going to have 266,000 deaths by July of 2020. And if we had completely locked down, there would still have been 132,000 deaths. And so in the face of that, um, you know, we can forgive politicians and that for, for reacting so strongly, shutting down hospitals, creating field hospitals and all the rest of it. But by July of 2020, there were not 132,000 deaths. There were only 9,000 deaths from COVID. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, COVID turns out not to be as, as fatal as, as was predicted. But on the other hand, the question is this, if by locking down, we're actually causing more deaths, uh, shouldn't we be considered that? I mean, it's one thing to say there's a pandemic and nobody's saying there's not. And it's and nobody's saying that COVID doesn't kill people. But by locking down, if you delay one death, but cause 140 others, uh, isn't that something that you should do? Oh, I think, that's, I think that's critically important. And and as the lockdowns were being called, I was I had doubts. I, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an economist. I'm I'm a generalist. Uh, but I I had doubts, serious doubts, and I thought it was probably, or at least some of it, is knee jerk response. And that's what Colonel David Redmond has told us from Alberta, who was the executive director of the Alberta Emergency Management uh, Association for many years. He also said there's no been no cost-effectiveness breakdown here. So what are we coming away with? What's the takeaway here? Well, the takeaway, I mean, there's a couple of takeaways. One one takeaway is I think we're in what I call a bad political equilibrium. Uh, So imagine you were a politician in the spring there and you were faced with those numbers and you made this decision to do this, you know, really unprecedented step of locking down. And then four weeks later, you found out it was a terrible mistake. Would you admit that you were wrong? and that you had destroyed at the time one third of the wealth, uh, you know, uh, there's no way you would admit that. And so what happens is the politician doubles down and they continue to double down, hoping that eventually this thing reaches an endemic state and they can declare that though costly, if they were victorious. And so that's one lesson. We have to be very leery of that, that, uh, you know, the, the, that the, the state has a, has a strong incentive not to admit that they were wrong. I think the second lesson is, is that we as citizens have to um, pay attention to the actual costs and benefits. Because like you say, you're a generalist, but you know you, you don't need to be a specialist to recognize the costs that are going on around us. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I did, I did so many interviews with Dan Kelly, the president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, about over 200,000 businesses on the verge of going out of business. And this is the sector that employed 8 million Canadians, the number one employer. And, and what was the, the reason for them being in this terrible state? Lockdowns. Right. But, you know, lockdown had all kinds of other effects. If you know families that have children in school that, you know, has, you know there was a wide range of children that were affected and affected differently. But, you know, last in the spring of 2020, you know, about a third of kids didn't have access to 
enough computers and software to actually, you know, they lost about three months of education in the spring. Uh, there are other effects of school closures, effects of unemployment, uh, deaths from uh, not visiting hospitals, you know, on and on and on. The, the, the number and types of costs turn out to be enormous. And uh, yeah, everybody is kind of aware of them. Well, it's fascinating uh, reading, and uh, it, it, it really hits home, and it demands response from politicians. And not just, I think we're considering lockdowns again for this fourth wave of COVID. That doesn't work. Your, your study demands response and answers that are understandable and not uh, evasive. Well, yeah. yeah, we're not just considering lockdowns. You know, in British Columbia, we have regional lockdowns all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And well, you point out in the book as well uh, that uh, lockdowns took place, the ones you looked at, uh, took place inside nations' borders because people bring up the New Zealand situation. Well, that's an island nation, and they were keeping people out of out of New Zealand. But you were talking about lockdowns that happened inside a nation. Yeah, I, I was not looking at policies of isolation, which are another type of policy, which you know, if you've been following what's going on in Australia and New Zealand, it's not clear that that was the right strategy either. You know, they, they, they've they borne incredible costs. And in fact, yeah. the New Zealand government just last week decided they were going to give up on isolation, that it would be impossible. So they went through all those costs for almost for nothing. And now they're going to try a policy of mitigation. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.